Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me takes hundreds of hours to create. If you get any value out of the work I do or it helps your life, consider a monthly donation. Even something as small as a cup of coffee helps me keep recording. To donate, please visit helpmebeme.com or visit my page on Patreon. Thanks! Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode of Help Me Be Me. Happy New Year! And this is an episode all about being weak and, and insecure, and it's how to grow your strength and confidence at work specifically, but also in life. So when it relates to love, family, social, anything. So this is for, this is actually two parts um, to this episode. This is part one. So part two will be solely focused on how to ask for a raise and how to tell someone your value. If you're like applying for a new job or if you're at an existing job and you want to ask for a promotion, that would be part two. So this is part one. And this is for anybody who is insecure or has a hard time with confidence at work or socially. And maybe you are just introverted or you're just a really sensitive person. Um, So this prevents you from asking for what you want, speaking up or saying what you think. Or maybe when you do assert yourself, it just hurts so much just to hear what people think or to get negative feedback from other people that's critical. And maybe you feel so intimidated by those around you and they actually use that against you and you get passed over for promotions or they kind of keep you in a subordinate role. Um, So as in all of my episodes, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Woo, part one, the what. Insecurity, fear of speaking publicly or feeling overly sensitive and vulnerable to opinions of others in the workplace or socially. So maybe you don't feel confident in your own worth and you live in a constant state of they probably think blank. They probably think I am the worst thing possible that I'm afraid of. So you constantly read into others and their actions and how you think they're thinking you are wrong, stupid, you look bad, you're untalented, etc. And this process of thinking about what others are thinking is wrong with you takes over your mind and distracts you and tortures you to no end. And maybe you replay things over and over again from different angles, attempting to decipher what they meant when they said this or that. And all of your perceptions of yourself are tinted by this negative fear. So if it's work, you might think everything people are thinking when they smile at you is, oh, I feel so bad for that person because they suck. So this insecurity defines the path of your life because it means you have problems asking for what you want and standing up for yourself. So that means if you have a strong feeling that something should be different or could be better, you talk yourself out of your own opinion because you think everything you think is probably wrong. So maybe when you do speak up about your opinion, you immediately go into a tailspin about why you shouldn't have said that and everyone thinks you're stupid. It's also doubly painful when you get actual negative feedback from other people back because then you go into a total defense mode like 
barking back at other people. So in relationships or socially, this will affect you because you will feel like you are just taken advantage of and no one shows up for you the way you show up for them. So maybe you take a lot of flack from whether it's a romantic partner or a friend. They just walk all over you and take, take, take. They don't give and they don't know much about you. They don't know your, like, don't honor your relationship as much as you do. This could also be the opposite. Maybe you don't let people come too close to you because it's excruciating to feel so vulnerable and in the line of fire of poten potential criticism. So this lens of self-critique reshapes everything you experience. So if a partner gazes at you naked, in your mind they're thinking, oh my God, look at her disgusting ass. And in an unseen but felt way, your life overall is guided by this theme of fear and low self-confidence, low self-worth. Instead of the upward climb, it's kind of a torturous plateau full of negative self-talk mental battles and fearful anticipations. And you want to do the things that everyone else does, like speak up with confidence, demand a raise, let go of what other people think, have faith in the value of your own opinions, and be a boss. It's just that pesky inner voice that seems to get in the way. Conversely, insecurity can also show up inside as a feeling that everybody else around you is stupid and their comments are idiotic, and they're insulting to you with their idiocy. So everything they say sounds either stupid or rude. So you might hear everything that someone says to you or about you as criticism and an attack. But this is actually just a knee-jerk reaction that makes you feel like it's a personal insult when it's nothing personal at all. It's just the lens by which you hear things when you have low self-confidence. And it hurts because you're vulnerable more so. It's like anything hurts. So when you're, when you're not vulnerable, things like that have no power or validity related to your own opinion of yourself. They just are. They're the opinions of others. And they can exist, and that's fine, but they are not able to shake your own opinions of yourself. So it's when you have confidence, you can consider the opinions of others, reflect on them, and see what they have to offer. Which brings me to part two, the why. Specifically, why you get stuck with this pain and feel trapped by it and how it operates in your life. Well, genetics is a huge determinant, meaning your emotional character is created in part by just your genes. Because this is what dictates your built-in capacities to tolerate fear and power powerlessness. Plus, your emotional character influences your feedback from the outside world. So some are born more shy or more loud or more sensitive, and that will provoke different feedback about who they are, their strengths and weaknesses from everybody they ever interact with. Second, childhood experiences are a huge predeterminant because your parents and their style of parenting and also their emotional makeup encodes your view of the world. Like you are modeling what they taught you. So if your parents were really anxious, they likely protected you from experiences and also educated you to fear and avoid certain things. So one reason we have anxiety around certain experiences is we have avoided them. Therefore, they scare us. Because when you avoid something too much, it becomes more insurmountable. It becomes much scarier to you. And that's actually what creates feelings of insecurity and anxiety. Fear of the unknown and a feeling of intimidation. Anxiety actually comes 
from avoiding things that are intimidating. So if you are a sensitive person and you were protected from things by your parents, you will become increasingly anxious and intimidated by those things. Overprotection from things creates more anxiety. So if your environment put you in contact with something more, you will likely have less anxiety long-term around that thing because it's something you will be forced to interact with. So if something upsets you, you can actually train yourself to not be affected by it, by habituating yourself to it, by leaning into it, by pushing yourself deliberately to experience that thing more in a smaller increment that is within your control, something manageable. But to push yourself to experience it deliberately will slowly take away its power. Third, a major life change that made you feel powerless and different than other people and fearful and stressed for a very prolonged period of time. So you're super stressed for several years of your life. Um, this will create feelings of low self-worth and vulnerability and low confidence. For example, let's say you moved to a new city and you were different than everybody else. You would internalize your feelings of fear and powerlessness as because of me so that you can control that overwhelming feeling of fear and powerlessness. So suddenly you take on the belief that your feelings of insecurity are due to your weird nose. And if you had a different nose, that you would be liked by everybody else, etc. So whatever it is, the label you give uh, to this feeling of lesser or uncomfortable is it gives you the ability to manage the pain of the fear. Therefore, it's much more tolerable because it's something you can see and you know and you can focus on it and it's not overwhelming and out there. And if you want more information about how this works in particular, listen to episode 67, which is called Living as a Fraud. Fourth, if you had a caregiver who was destructive to your confidence, like you've either overtly or... Um, subversively. So meaning the various ways parents ingrain criticism into a child's understanding of their self and their value in the world. This is also something I cover in the living as a fraud episode. But basically parents are living out their wounds onto you. So if you had a parent or a caregiver that constantly told you you weren't good enough in words or with their actions, like with abuse, this will be internalized as truth for you as an adult. It will be unseen to you now because logically, when you're a kid, why would a parent say or do something if it weren't true, if it weren't warranted? It doesn't make sense to a kid in any other way. So if that's why therapy is awesome. You go through those original sources of these beliefs that you can barely tell exist now, like low self-confidence. You call that out on the mat, you call it out of the cobwebs, and then you dispel it by placing it into context, by understanding it. You can see for the first time your parents were wrong. They were lacking. They shouldn't have done it. You can look at how it affected you. And then you cry about it for fucking hours. <laughs> and then once you cry about it, you've mourned it. And then you let it go. It's gone. Because it is a valid wound to have and it can affect you in your adulthood whether you know it or not because you didn't get the unconditional love and support you should have from them i digress but this parenting also affects uh the 
the way you behave as a child. So it can create a pattern in the way you live your life that actually solidifies a negative self-image. So be aware, if you had parents who didn't give you love, the kids will act like unlovable kids. And then as adults, their entire life's path will prove to them that they are bad people. Untrustworthy, fuck-ups, unlovable, stupid, worthless, etc. So if this sounds familiar, go to therapy. Part two of the why is why this has such a powerful effect on your life path. Having weak uh, self-image or low self-confidence and um, how that can affect things for you professionally and personally. Because you are compromised. When you care too much about what other people think of you or you are intimidated by others, that will unseat your self-perception. Like if you have somebody that kind of teases you or you're intimidated by that's like watching you while you're um, presenting something, it'll ruffle you into acting defensively. It'll push you off balance. So this, your goal in growing confidence is to not, not to be an asshole or become difficult to work with, like pigheaded. It's, it's just to be convicted in yourself and know the value of what you think and it's to be in constant contact with that understanding and be able to listen to your inner voice, know what it's saying and trust it and then come from that position as a convicted person. It doesn't mean that you're going to be mean or dismissive to other people and their opinions. It's the opposite. It means you won't take their aggression personally and it also won't alter or affect how you feel because your opinion is just solid. So this balanced confidence translates into an ability to acknowledge and honor what you want for yourself and not silence it and not talk yourself out of it like, with things like, but I feel bad and I probably shouldn't and I guess I didn't really do that much or I don't know, I, I don't want to deal with it. Like, don't say those things. Don't say I feel bad. Don't say it doesn't matter. That's uh, a bad habit <laughs> and you have to let that go. Because you shouldn't feel bad for having an opinion. It's what you are paid to do, no matter what you do. Your opinion, your brain matters. Your logic counts. So don't let others scare you out of it. When others affect you, and they get a rise out of you, or they get under your skin, or they make you feel different, not like yourself, or insecure, or they bring out all of your fears, you change yourself accordingly. Like You react and you become off balance a victim to their actions and their opinions. You become less you and with that, less effective, less powerful, less rational, less honest in your values and beliefs. Those terms are something you interpret and then you try to align yourself with. And you don't even often know what other people want or think. And if you end up living as a person that's trying to interpret what other people like, everything will always feel not right. You will question yourself forever. Because there's no true answer of what is good and bad anymore. It's just you're trying to mimic what other people think you, you should do. And suddenly you are telling yourself with your actions that you are not as valuable. That you are not ideal. And you live out a, a lifetime under this cloud. So you end up chastising yourself for falling short of what others are. And... It waters down your life and everything about what it should be. You can become a victim to the system 
that traps you. And then you suddenly are simply trying to keep up with it. So if you're trying to chase something that's not you and you think you are wrong and you're trying to become something else, that becomes a pattern. And that is when you can end up in a place you're not happy. And that's when you grow full of resent and anger about your life and how this system works and doesn't respect your value. And by system, I mean it could be relationships, friendships, family, work, or just society. Some system that you feel yourself outside of. And this trait suddenly turns into a pervasive belief system you have about the world. And it's affirmed and solidified by your experiences. So suddenly everything affirms back to you this false truth that I am not enough and everybody else thinks I'm stupid or whatever it is. And I am well aware that the world is judgmental and you can't get around that. Image counts, how you behave counts, how you look counts. People are profiled and certain types of people get better treatment based on how they look. And that is shitty and unfair. I know. The opinions of others matter when it comes to your career and working with other people and interacting with other people. You don't live on an island by yourself. So I'm not ignoring that fact. This is about becoming aware of all of the factors at play, all of the injustices, all of the elements, all of the individual cogs in this system, and taking control of what you can work to your advantage. So it's about choosing to use your power always and shifting the way you look at this system based on highlighting what's accessible to you, what you can use, what's available to you in tools. It's about openness. It's also about not reacting and being a victim to this system, whatever it is, and instead choosing from an empowered position. And it doesn't mean that these things won't still hurt. It doesn't mean that it won't suck and that you shouldn't be treated better or that uh, it feels like it's authentically you. Change is slow. I know that. And society should catch up. I know that. But this just means when you empower yourself, you get access to a whole lot more change that's possible because you're doing what you can about it as a baseline of who you are. You are just a person that tries shit and gets shit done. And you don't bother yourself with what's wrong. You just are like, all right, what can I fucking do about this thing? And you just are that person. You become efficient, direct, empowered, unafraid, motivated, honest, and claiming what is rightfully yours to the best of your ability. And this still means you are respectful and excellent, but I just, it adds a healthy cup of, I can and will do anything I need to. Don't waste my time. For example, this came about in my life in this way. I worked in a very corporate office with only men. There was one girl in my department and I used to skate to work on my skateboard and wear mini skirts and dirty tennis shoes. And I was loud and exactly myself, irreverent. I never didn't say something I felt. And I also never got promoted because I was a threat to all of the men above me. And it wasn't my fault. It was because I was a girl and I was young and I looked like a kid. I dyed hair. And I made a conscious choice to start dressing and acting like the grown-ups they were used to. And I became much more approachable when I was in their language. 
So I started to speak in a different voice. I controlled all that I could in my exchanges and it worked to my benefit. And no, it wasn't me. It was an act I chose to play and I made it just about work, but it altered everything about the way others received me. And it's because I made myself into someone more acceptable and understandable to them. So it was like an experiment in communication. And then I got promoted. And it's not only because of this, but it was affected by this. I could play the game and act in ways that showed I was a boss. And it was something I had to grow over many years. And it looked like something like maturity to other people. But to me, it was a method of shaping the perception of others. And as soon as I get home each day, every day to this day, I turn, change into my tennis shoes and my shorts and a t-shirt. And that's fine with me. So I'm not telling you to do the same thing and alter your clothing or anything about yourself. I'm saying that you should open yourself to all possible tools when you go about your life. Empower yourself with all factors. Control as much as you can about your image, yourself, your presence, because your language and your behavior have a very strong effect on other people and how they see you. And it will encode how they understand what you say and what they perceive your intention to be. And yes, often in life, there are people who cannot understand you or accept you or will not acknowledge you or value you no matter what because they are blocked and damaged by their own personal issues. But at the very least, you can see that and not take it personally. Because when you know who you are, you get to make empowered decisions and keep everybody else and the outside world, world separate from you. So when it comes to putting on a suit, it doesn't mean you are betraying yourself as a person. It just means you're using a tool to help yourself get more of what you want. So when you stay tuned to what you can do in every situation, you have a shit ton more tools in hand. Because if you're in a game, you can't just say you're not going to play. This is about leveraging everything in your favor. So if you are invisible to other people, or they walk all over you, or you feel like you have no voice and being invisible isn't working for you, rise above that and look at it from a bird's eye view. What else can I use to my advantage? How can I come at them from a different angle? How can I be more of a presence? How can I be more respected, more tactful, etc.? I'm not saying you have to do what I did, but I am asking you to choose everything for yourself without limiting your tool set. Take you personally out of it and look at it from a higher vantage point. What is the other person's issue? How can you shift that and control that? Because you have to choose to become a person that is confident, self-aware, and empowered, and then just start acting as if. And it won't feel natural at first, but the, the process of simply acting as if will create it. You get nowhere by hurting or hating on what exists. You get everywhere by controlling what exists by using the knowledge you have access to. You tell others in a very blunt language who you are by how you portray yourself. And with this episode, I want to empower you to use those cues to your benefit. Even if some of them don't feel quite natural to you, it will eventually fit like a glove. It is what it is. So don't let yourself get too caught up on what it means or why it's wrong or should be different. Those, the problems are problems, but get more of what you want and grow your power and your voice. 
I will also have tools for you to manage the actual overwhelming fear and anxiety when you're in the moment. Because I know it's not easy. It's like you could have so many things in your mouth and your head just wanting to come out and you actually can't physically make yourself say them. So I, I've been in that position and I know it's shitty. But most importantly, in this approach to life, I want you to choose versus react to the external world and everything around you. Because when you actually look at what you can do and your own power, you will actually grow in the direction of your choosing. Things will happen as a result of your actions. And that's when you get to actually steer the ship versus have it steered by everybody else around you to a place you don't necessarily want to go. And that person exists inside of you right now. They're just trapped right now because they probably are swallowing the frustration and the resent that's been caused by not being able to live as yourself fully for a long period of time. And that can just eat away your confidence in itself because you've been swallowing shit. So with that, let's get to the tools. Part three. So just to plant this into your awareness, with all fears and anxieties, we have different tolerance and ability to confront stressors. But one first broad suggestion I'd like to offer you is to push yourself to interact more with what intimidates you, but in manageable increments. So it's about habituating, habituating yourself to the stressor with practice over a long period of time. For example, this is totally different, but it helps to illustrate how this works. I had uh, maggots in my house, which was disgusting, and I like hated the mag. I obsessively hated the maggots because they were revolting to the point where I couldn't stop thinking about how gross they were. So my therapist said, go look at them a lot. And I was like, what the fuck? But I did it, and then I got used to them. They're still disgusting, but I don't have like an overwhelming obsessive fear around them. So the trick is to expose yourself to this stressor and confront it in measure. All right, tools. I think I have seven of them. <clears throat> Number one, know your kryptonite. This is a journal exercise. So this is basically know your triggers. Know exactly what the anxieties you have are about yourself and write them down. I suggest getting little monkey stickers and then having little talk bubbles come out of their mouths and write the anxieties. Just recognize them, know them by heart, familiarize them yourself with them, and therefore you will see them when they pop up. And based on this, you are going to pre-decide the antidote, like the thing you're going to say to yourself as soon as that pops up, because those are always irrational, but they can be very powerful when they affect your behavior when they're happening. So in your journal, next to the talk bubble, next to the monkey sticker, write under it what you will say to yourself when this thought process arises. So uh, for example, let's say you hate... Um, presenting in front of other people and as soon as you have presented something you leave and you feel like you did terribly and that everybody thinks you're stupid and that was the worst of everything so you know that you're going to think that way it's just something you always do so write that down and then come up with an antidote response so for example something like not true because I have been uh well recognized in my company and appreciated like something that proves to you the opposite is true. Um, 
Another example, let's say anytime you get any negative feedback or, or constructive criticism, your mind immediately goes to, I'm probably sucking and I'm going to get fired. That's a huge common one for a lot of people. As soon as something negative is said to you, you're like, and I'm going to get fired. Oh my God, I'm probably going to get fired. So if that happens for you, write that in the monkey talk bubble and then write back to yourself, nope, I have been promoted and I have been told that I'm, do I'm good at this and like I know because of this and that or whatever. It doesn't have to be an award. It could be like, I know based on um, my past experiences with others that I'm not this way. Number two, public defender. So this is a tool for when you are freaking out about what others are thinking and you are in your mind and you're torturing yourself and you're replaying things and freaking out about what you said and that you didn't want to say it and then what other people they're probably saying this and da, 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 da. and um so this is a way to get yourself back into the rational and i recommend doing it in a journal but you can also just do it in your head but be basically be your own public defender and you have to prove everything to yourself with fact things that have actually happened and that you have proof of so nothing like I think they meant XYZ that gets thrown out of court because it's it's not concrete and what occurred in person so only look at the facts write them down and base everything on evidence and from this point deduce the logical outcome and let go of all of the rest all of the anticipation and the fear because you only ever can base anything off of actually what actually happened. Usually you will be blowing out of proportion what everybody else thinks. And it's driven by the fear itself. So therefore it's irrational. Like you are not psychic and you can't read other people's thoughts. And 99.9% .9 of the time you are wrong about what other people are thinking. Your brain is not to be trusted. Number three, give that monkey a pencil. So I recommend drawing a monkey on the top of a page um, if you want to do it on a piece of paper or in your journal but basically this is just the title uh, this monkey illustration is the title before everything you're about to write which is the monkey voice so this is whatever the negative chatter in your brain is saying all of the things that are bad about you and all the fears and all the irrational whatever it is all of that negative stuff write it down purge it all onto paper and then either tear up that paper or just scribble it out or just see it look at it on the piece of paper this is basically a practice to hand over your worry and your anxiety to uh, an external form so if it's your journal leave it there remind yourself that it's it's annoying and it's it drives you crazy but it's illogical it's this chattering of a crazy monkey so when you can externalize this voice of anxiety and fear and low self-worth, it actually loses its power. It loses its power to infect your behavior. Like you can see it as something that exists that's concrete, but it's not allowed to infuse itself into you. And it happens like a little bit over a long period of time, but just continue to write those thoughts down and they are less able to take you down inside. Just keep them in front of you in black and white and let them ramble on as much as this monkey wants. Um, another great tool I just learned about is called anxietybox.com. It's by a guy named Paul Ford. And it's currently broken because after 
he was on This American Life. Um, too many people tried to log on, so it broke. But it's basically the same thing, but it takes a funnier form. He gives a voice to your anxiety, and it basically, like, sends you emails constantly, like, challenging you and telling you you're going to fuck up and your family doesn't like you very much and all this other stuff. But it's, like, then it becomes, like, the spam. Your anxiety and your negative self-talk becomes, like, this annoying robot. And you can actually write back to the robot. It sounds really cool. Anyway, that's number three. Number four, the grossest thing you've ever heard. So this is a tool for when you're in front of people and you're getting really freaked out to the point where you feel like you can't talk or you won't be able to read something. So in the moment when you are in the green, green room of this terrifying experience, think of the play-by-play of the grossest and preferably most funny story you've ever heard. So like literally retell the story in your mind. And if that sounds unappealing to you, like if you're like, no thanks, I don't want to think about gross things, you can also go through a step-by-step of getting dressed from scratch and like in the morning in your mind, like go through your closet, pick out a shirt, pick out a pair of socks. Um, Another one, if you don't want to do that, you can pick something random and hypervisual, for example, purple elephants, and then tell yourself, don't think of that thing. So whatever you do, Don't think of the purple elephants. That one is from a mom in Australia who made a book for her daughter. Um, It's a great tool. Number five, magic outfit. This is a really good one for any kind of emotional protection, but especially when you need to feel strong and superior and powerful. So have a special outfit, like one piece of clothing that makes you feel confident, like a great suit will make you actually sound different than uh, a pair of jeans will. Like, if you are wearing a very well-cut jacket, it'll actually change the way you see yourself. So find an item, invest in it, have it, imbue it in your mind with all of its power and potency, and when you have to go into a really, really intimidating situation or something like an interview, wear this one special powerful garment and also wear it on the phone so if you're on a phone interview wear the outfit because it actually changes the sound of your voice um i have a pair of fendi boots they're black and they're fucking awesome Mm, okay warning the next tool might offend some people so apologies in advance and if you have kids maybe don't listen to this one (laughs) okay number six big fat dick (laughs) that's right that's what i said or Giant penis, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> so this is a <laughs> this is gonna last in your mind, I assume. So this is the label for for those of you who don't know when uh, when you see some sometimes the ladies or other or guys too will see a guy and they'll be like, oh, that guy has a giant dick because it's an attitude. It's a label for kind of confidence and attitude, where you see no other reason why that person would be confident. So this is a tool for everybody, whether or not you have a dick or it is small, it doesn't matter. This is, this is for everybody because it's basically a tool that will enable you to act the way people do when they have a giant penis. So it's like, uh, it's kind of like a, a walk. It's a stance. It's an attitude. It's like a presence. It's a very extroverted, um, body language. So if you want to learn more about what this is, it's from a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy, all about body language. But if you want to feel more powerful and you want to feel more confident, you have to 
act like it physically and then your brain will follow. It's a magical thing about your body is when you show, when you create something on your body, it'll send signals to your brain to make you actually feel that way. So if you smile, you'll feel happier. Um, so in this case, the stances I want you to take are things like, uh, like holding your hands behind your head and, um, your elbows out, like splayed out, like you're relaxing, like you're sun tanning. That's a power stance. Um, taking up lots of space. That's a power stance. Having, uh, leaning your body forward and, um, initiating, that's like a power thing. And having, like, if you want to, before you go into a meeting, this is the one that Amy talks about the most. It's the Wonder Woman stance. You basically stand, I think she says for two minutes, stand with your hands on your hips and, and your feet kind of spread apart and like super strong and stable. And if you do this for two minutes, you will actually have more testosterone in your body. Like you'll actually be more confident chemically when you walk into a situation. Um, so if you're about to go in an interview, do the Wonder Woman. Or <laughs> just remember, you have a giant penis. <laughs> Number seven, single white female. Which is a reference to a movie from the 90s. It's a, it's a little sensational. Um, it's about a girl that, like, stalks another girl. I think it's, like, Bridget Fonda and... What's her face? Um, blah, 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 blah. Jennifer Jason Lee. So Jennifer Jason Lee stalks Bridget Fonda and, like, basically becomes her. <laughs> this tool is not to tell you to stalk somebody... But basically, if you have somebody in your workplace or socially that embodies all that you want to be, mimic them. Mimic them socially. Mimic in the way they portray themselves. Um, dress in a way that, like, evokes something similar to them. Like, basically use them as a template to model yourself after. And then it'll, it'll eventually become you and it'll eventually become a version of yourself. It's not going to be just you acting like them, but it's a way to get started on acting as if. So that's it. But before I close today, I want to thank you to my latest sponsors. Thank you to Lisa and Margaret for your monthly sponsorship. And you blew my mind and amazed me and make me so happy. And Marilyn, thank you on Patreon. It thrilled me so much. It makes me so happy. And it also shows me that I'm actually helping you guys. So thank you. It takes hundreds of hours and it means a lot to me. Um, so in closing, the choices you make today matter, even the little ones. All of them create the next link of the train track that is your future. So when it comes to your voice, your opinion, your value, your career, and your promotions, you tell the world your value. You must create it and know it. So come from that place in all that you do and let go of what other thinks, others think of you. You cannot control their feelings or beliefs, and those beliefs should never alter who you are. So know this. I want you to listen hard to this. As you grow older, the choices you have will grow more and more limited. You don't realize that your choices now count. They play out for many more months and years, like they create ripples. And you're actually guiding a lot of your future with the small choices you make today. So don't take the way you approach your life casually and don't make it trivial. 
Like, don't dismiss this as something you can always remedy later down the line. For now, yes, you're young, but it does matter. Invest in yourself and don't let anything like the opinion of a room alter how you show up for yourself and your life choices. If you think something or you want something, say it. No one else is going to defend you for you. You have to do it and you have to start today. So don't let your voice say, stay trapped inside. Say it. Voice it aloud. Otherwise, those words will fester and they will eventually eat into your feelings of value. This life is all what you make it for yourself, what you choose it to be. Foster and hone a sense of openness to receiving feedback and listen to the truths that you don't want to hear from others and allow yourself permission to take them or leave them, but just hear them. Don't take them personally. This is about letting go of what people think of you and choosing what's in your own best interests while acting with the utmost kindness and respect. Above all, Listen to the tiny voice of truth inside of yourself and hone your ability to hear it. Hand it a megaphone and honor it because it speaks the truth of what you want. And if you abide it, you will reveal your value to the world. I hope you enjoyed this. And with that, I send you my love. Smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.